welcome to the This is the Place podcast. For those of you listening, this is a reminder that you can catch us on Twitter. You can see our smiling faces. Uh, go back and rewatch if you want. You can uh, catch this at Meg Mori Walter or at the Beehive HQ if you'd rather watch than listen. But if you want to listen, we totally understand because you can only take so much of our faces. Chris, how's it going? It's going fantastic. Uh, I like so there's there's a side of me that loves live streaming. There's the other side of me that now realizes, you know, when you would always listen to a podcast and you were into it, you're like, this is sweet. These people, they sound so competent and stuff. And then you see their faces and it's so detached from what you perceived that it's just such a turnoff. I'm worried that you and I, everybody imagines us and, and we're nothing like we look, right? Do you know the number one comment I get when people like actually see me after having listened to this podcast or one of the other like nine that I do, they're always like, Oh, you're blonde. Not in like a good way. Oh. They're like, Oh, <laughs> you're blonde. I'm like, yep. What is that supposed to mean? I don't even I'm get that. Sorry. <laughs> I guess in everyone's imagination, I'm brunette. My main thing is that everybody sees me in person and goes, I can't even believe how strong you are compared to what your voice is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you are very strong. So that's very, very strong in person, Meg, you know, this bicep Uh, curl, at least 15 pound dumbbells. Can you tell me what's going on in Utah? Yeah. Real quick, before we begin, uh, I just want everybody to send their positive energy towards Meg right now because she needed to take an allergy pill before so she doesn't sneeze on air. My wish is that not only that you sneeze on air, but if you feel inclined to sneeze, you sneeze directly at the camera. Can we both agree that that will happen? Okay. So the other day I was wearing a mask because I'm a responsible citizen. Oh no, and you goobered in it. <laughs> I sneezed in the mask and then I, you know, you can't take the mask off. So I just had to like sit with the sneeze. Talk about being trapped in your own filth. Oh, oh my it goodness. The, it was the worst. But you can't, you can't take the mask off to sneeze. Like that's like the exact opposite of what you should do. Sneezing's funny because you don't really think much of it until the one perfect moment when you see someone else sneeze and there's the sunlight coming in and you see the actual amount of moisture and just like mucus that comes out and it's an explosion. And that's always when it sets in. You're like, oh no, there's so much coming out of me with a sneeze. There's so much. Yeah. COVID has really demonstrated how disgusting humans are. Maybe it'll start a new breed of people that are really into sneezing into masks and that's kind of their thing, you know, they just like it, you know, they enjoy it. They like being trapped in with it. I mean, who's more qualified than I am to create that new species? <laughs> you could lead the movement. I'll back you on it. You know, if you want to, if you want to be the person lead, spearheading the charge. Um, okay. Utah news. We're going to start in Orem, Utah. Okay. Where I'm just all re- good stories start. Where all good stories not only start, but end. I'm going to read you the first line of a KSL article, and I want you to interpret this article based solely upon this opening line. Okay. A bear that was illegally poached in Utah recently received new life inside a high school with a bear mascot. Yeah. So the thing is that I don't think the bear would qualify this as receiving new life. Reads is a pretty feel-good line. Like I read the first line, I'm like, ooh, that sounds like I'm going to be uplifted. Something good's going on. I feel like if we talk to the bear, the bear would be pretty upset that it was murdered, regardless of whether or not it's now a school mascot. I know everybody always talks about the taxidermy stuff in regards to human. 
it's pretty intense to envision yourself being murdered. And yeah. then they're like, and then they go to the, your family and they're like, hey, Rawl family, don't even worry. We found a mask. We found a high school that needed a mascot and we stuffed your son and we put him in the halls. It's a, it's a feel good story. And they're Honestly, like, Honestly, oh, it's wow. adding insult to injury because there is no worse place than a high school. High schools, no, I take that back. Junior high schools are worse, but high schools are bad. They smell bad. There's like lots of like hormones floating around in there, lots of hygiene issues, lots of, you know, sadness. High schools aren't good. Here's the number one thing. I wouldn't want my body to rest for eternity in a high school. Are you kidding me? That'd be the last place. That's so intense. Second of all, if you're trying to honor this poor bear, a high school is not the place. It's going to be vandalized daily. People are going to be taking like sexualized pictures with this bear. There's all sorts of stuff in high school that you would do with anything that was around you in high school. Everybody here knows. We've all been through high school. You did. We've all been to high school. You did all the things that you're now ashamed of, okay? Luckily for us, they didn't involve a bear. At Mountain View High, they're now going to involve a bear that was illegally poached and now stuffed in the halls. There's going to be a lot of like profane internet content coming about because of it. Yeah, so tell me the story behind this bear. So there's, you know, down in Southern Utah, they got a poaching problem. It's not a good thing. No. Over the course of time, you know, uh, DWR officials, they're following these, they have these collars on bears so they can kind of track their movements and they realize that they're going to the same place. They're like, what's the deal with that? So they find out it's just like poachers have set up some area and they keep attracting bears to it and then they blast mm-hmm. them. Okay. Uh-huh. Not a good, again, not a feel good story. Can't stress how not a feel good story this is. So they go and they, they snag these poachers and they find like this particular bear they didn't even know was there and they find its dead body. And so they go, oh, you know, what are we going to do with this dead poached bear? They go and they find a high school. A high school. It's, again, this is not a feel-good story. I can't stress this enough. This is DWR picked up the dead bear. Yes. Okay. And they come and crack down on the poachers. This is from the KSL article. And, they, and they're convicted, you know, felony convictions. Here's a part from the article. As a part of those convictions, the poachers had hunting privileges revoked for seven years and taxidermy bear mounts and rugs were confiscated. I'm sorry, seven years? Why not just ban them for life? <laughs> so I've been convicted of a class B misdemeanor we talked about on this podcast. My penalties were substantially more than this, which was a felony. This is like really sad. And they're like, why don't you guys just take a breather for seven years? Do I, did I need a better negotiation with the judge? Like, for a class B misdemeanor, you could have come and taken any possession that I had and, and taken away anything that I could do for seven years. And I would have been so much happier than what the actual conviction was. I had to pay a bunch of money. It sucked. I didn't have any money. I was like, at 18. It looks like they didn't even have to pay money. I thought like poaching was really bad. Like go to prison bad. <laughs> I thought it was too. As it turns out, maybe the penalties for things don't necessarily match up in a way that we, we being the public possibly perceive that they should. Hmm. Uh, so, so the article goes on. Okay. Halfway through, we're like, huh, I'm reading it going, is this a feel good? St- I don't really get it. The DWR kind of intervenes and, and the article takes a pretty big twist. Okay. So there's a spokesman for the DWR. Um, and he's talking about just kind of this whole process of finding Mountain View high, giving them this bear and this is where you actually gain an understanding. No, the, the DWR has like large motivation for doing this. So the, the spokesman's name is Wilcox. Wilcox said he hopes that some sort of marker or plaque to note that the bear was poached 
will be added to it so people are aware of poaching in the state. And then this is a direct quote from him. The people who see the donated bear, unless they talk to somebody in the faculty that knows that was a poached bear, they'll just see a bear. I want people to see it to know that it was poached. It was killed illegally and people are watching. If it's poached, you'll be caught. <laughs> I mean, I'm talk about sending a message early on to potential poachers. Like 16 years old is when we need to start educating on the dangers of poaching. This is so weird. Their thought process is here. Let's give this bear to a high school, which one weird Two, let's add a plaque as like a vague warning against poaching. So it's, it's not like, even a, that vague. If he has it's, like it's not even that vague. I don't, I think that's what it is. Like some poor, like imagine like 16 year old Meg, like, you know, just sweet, naive, young thing walking down the halls of high school, walk upon a bear, little startling, right? But like, all right, bears our mascot. I get it. And then I read the plaque. That's like, we're watching you. Don't poach bears. I'm, I'm confused. I'm alarmed. I'm scared. Like, what? why? Why? So at 16, we're all dumb as hell. And th that's just a fact of life, okay? And so the things that we need to be educated as 16-year-olds, they're, they're in the millions, okay? They're actually probably endless. And I so mean, you we, have to... We've talked at length about the challenges of being a teen. Correct. And you have to prioritize what you're going to try to hammer home because, again, the 16-year-old brain can comprehend maybe two things an entire year. So you have to pick the two things and you go, what are the don't, two things I want the 16-year-old to take? That's the first. Drugs. And that's the second. And you can't do any more. That's it. That's it. Don't poach wildlife. Those are the three tenets of adolescence learning lessons. Well, to, you know, to play devil's advocate uh, and side with the DWR. If poaching is this big of a problem, first of all, they should have stricter penalties. But second of all, if we need to push out, whoops, if we need Whoa. to push out one of these two priorities, okay? So pregnancy and drug use amongst 16 year olds, and we have to push one of them out. Which one do we choose in order to hammer home the point that, hey kids, you can't poach. You can't go down to Southern Utah and shoot a bear without a permit. You just can't do these things. Which one do we need to uh, push aside, Meg? Probably drugs. I, I would say drugs too, yeah. so. Do whatever you want with those. Just, <laughs> Just make sure you poach. don't do it in the wild and poach. <laughs> okay? Like how much of the population is poaching? <laughs> That's my other thing. Based on the DWR doing this, it sounds like everyone in the state nearly is doing it. And we just need yeah. to educate people younger on, or earlier on. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's, it's more of a fad than I'm realizing. I don't know. I do think it's pretty bizarre to have an incredibly huge reminder in the halls of Mountain View High. To just not be like, do not poach or else we will come after you and we will confiscate all your bear rugs and you will not be able to hunt for seven years. These are the penalties. Seven, yeah, that, what a harsh penalty. Uh, can I tell you a DWR story? Yes. So Hoko Zoo does Instagram live videos, which are pretty cool. I was going to say that sounds so sad. The, no, it's cool. It's like feeding the rhinos and like, here's what we do for the elephants and, you know, here are the bears wrestling or whatever. So one day they were doing a lion Instagram live and they were like, all right, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to show the lions essentially hunting. And then they had to explain that they had a deer carcass that had been donated by DWR. <laughs> And I love the DWR. 
the DWR representative was there and they were like not explaining super well how they got the deer carcass like the details were pretty murky and a little suspicious I know exactly how they got it. It was roadkill and they gave it to a lion. It's not a good story. But it wasn't like roadkill. It didn't have like a roadkill look. It was more like, yeah, we have this deer carcass. Don't worry about it. So anyway, they then put the deer carcass in the lion den. And it's like a 20 minute video of lions just like going ham on this dead deer. And like I was equal parts horrified and fascinated that's mature content. That should, does that come with a warning? Yeah, they actually were like, all right, if you have little kids, you might want to send them out of the room. So there I was, an adult watching the Hokal Zoo Instagram live, trying to shield it from my children. I love that an adult follows Hogel Zoo live and the movies are only for them and other adults. There's no kid movies whatsoever. Yeah, They're like, watch this train go around the tracks. This is not for kids because it actually runs over a deer, which we then feed to the lion. Okay. Apparently a one day a goose flew into the lion's den and like the lions attacked a goose and they were like zoo patrons watching the whole thing. I'll say this. <laughs> The zoo is not a good place to be. I don't know how to say that. It's not a good place to go. The the zoo is not a humane endeavor, okay? There's a bunch of things being trapped and eating one another. Yeah, no, yeah. When you put it like that. Here's what I'll say about the DWR, though. I I do feel a little bit for them because they're not the cause of the problem, obviously. Like all this poaching stuff, again, we don't like it. DWR doesn't like it. They're trying to warn people about it. And they're the ones who have to try to find out what to do with all of these illegally killed animal carcasses. And so it would be hard. It's not like you go home and you, you just go to your neighbor and you're like, hey, do you want a bear carcass? And they're like, sure, you know? I, I feel like it's pretty hard to try and find takers for these things. So they go to Hogel Zoo, then they go over to Mountain View High. They're really like scraping at the bottom of the barrel. So maybe you and I, we could start like taking in poached animals, dead poached animals. Is there room in your house for any mounts? My house is pretty massive. So yeah, I've got plenty of room for... uh... I think I'm looking on the video and I think behind you next to all these fabulous paintings and drawings from your kids, you could mount a smaller creature like a badger or a pheasant or something like that. What if I had like, remember Shasta the Liger? No. Oh yeah, from Napoleon Dynamite. Yes, I do. Oh, uh, no. Oh, is that not what it's from? I don't know what you're talking about, but Shasta the Liger was at Hogel Zoo forever, and it was a mix between a lion and a tiger. It would be really rad if I had a liger, like, right over here. Is there not some sort of liger in Napoleon Dynamite, or did I make that up? I don't remember. You know, it's been a while since I've revisited Napoleon Dynamite. It's probably time. Nobody quote me on the liger stats. Trust Meg. Okay, we'll go yeah. from there. That, actually, that's a good blanket statement for this entire podcast. Actually, yeah, I, I stand by it. We can just... We should sit that at the part of the, or the start of the podcast. It'd be like an adult warning. It's like, don't trust anything that probably comes from Chris's mouth. If it came from Meg, you know, take it with a small grain of salt, but hopefully it's probably true. And if it's <laughs> pop culture, that's definitely what happened. Okay, tell me this next one. Uh, this is our favorite category of news story, Meg. Uh, we're staying in Orem. Orem is a hell of a place these days. <laughs> or, or I got to admit. In some action. People have made fun of Orem for a long time. It doesn't have BYU in it. It's just its little side cousin or whatever. Orem is the place to be right now, okay? Um, an Orem man, you know, 28 years old. He's going, I got to alert the, the, the authorities to some criminal behavior, okay? So he goes into the police station, you know, and he says, hey, I have video evidence of my ex-girlfriend 
engaging in an illegal activity and I want you to arrest her. Okay. So the cops, they're like, all right, doesn't sound suspicious at all. Let's, let's see what's going on. <laughs> so he goes in and uh, he, he shows the Orem police department. He goes, yeah, check out this video. He shows them some video footage and it's from her bedroom oh, and yeah. she's, she's with some other person um, in her, in her underwear. And so the guy goes, yeah, she's, she's engaging in prostitution. Here's the video to prove it. You got to arrest her. So the police, they're like, Hmm. All right. Well, first, I, uh, first question. Let's start here. Did you have consent to, uh, record this video? <laughs> and the guy starts clamming up. He goes, Oh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, probably. Yeah, no, I do. I do. I do. So they go, okay, I mean, we're going to check with her. <laughs> so like, you sure that that's the case? Yeah, yeah, she knows. So they go and they, they talk to the woman. She says this, again, this is according to another KSL article. She says that uh, she, the, the guy came to her after he'd spoken to the cops and said, he sends her an email and says, tell the police that you know about the camera and don't say anything stupid. This is the words from the email. Not a, not a way to ask for a favor, Meg, much no. less from an ex. No. So now the man who went in with a video to the police department to try to get his ex-girlfriend arrested is now being arrested for voyeurism and witness tampering, class A misdemeanor, third degree felony. Moral of the story is, first of all, don't, don't videotape people. What did he think was going to happen here? How, in his mind, how did he think this was going to play out? Like he's really <laughs> upset that they broke up, you know, and we all do things in the, in the, in the embers of relationships. I go to the police. So, so we're, we're on the same page so far. I just, you know, I, I worry about the critical thinking skills of humanity sometimes because any, any person who thought two steps ahead of going to the police would recognize that the police would have some questions about the footage that he had presented them. I, I've said this many times in this podcast. Maybe I break up in a different way from the rest of the world. Sure. When, I, when I break up with somebody, my first thought is not, how can I screw this person over in the most intense way possible? Okay. Uh, second of all, you just can't, you can't go to the police with stuff. Just don't go to them. Okay. There's, there's like two things you should go to them with and you know what they are. Everything else, just sit on it. Okay. You have some video, sit on it. You're mad about your ex-girlfriend because you broke up. Just don't do anything. Stop doing everything. Okay. Go and date somebody else. Go and find somebody else. There's a million people. Do I need to like give some dating advice on this, on this podcast here, Meg? Yeah, you do. I want you to give dating advice, actually. You're the married person. I don't know. Dating's the worst. Dating's the actual worst. Meg, if somebody breaks up with their significant other and they have a videotape that they think they should take to the police, should they take it to the police? I'm going to say no. And I'm also going to say maybe, uh, maybe uninstall that camera you put in your ex's room because that's going to come back to get you later. Is there anything that you could possibly do to your significant other that would feel sleazier than recording them in their bedroom without their knowledge? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds the me time of that Stephen installed a camera in your bedroom. Yeah. No, it reminds me of like when someone's blessing the food and one sibling, the prayer ends, and one sibling is like, Jenny had her eyes open. <laughs> It was like, well, Blake, how do you know Jenny had her eyes open? Blake's <laughs> were also open. 
See, even at like six years old, you learn the logic behind like why you shouldn't go to police with this incriminating video. Have you ever gone to the police for anything? Yeah, when everybody was stealing my stuff from my house, I went to the police. People and they were like stuff from your house? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a big phase. The house that I was living at, it, just like people came and started stealing whatever they wanted from it. So one day I, like I stopped. Like people you know? Yeah, as it turns out, people we knew. It's not, it's, again, no, no stories that we're talking about today are feel good. This is a very sad story. So one of our friends just, you know, he, he was not a very good friend, essentially. Oh, I was going to say, you, the fact that you're calling him a friend is... A person we thought was our friend was not essentially our friend. You know, it was a very sad thing if a relationship was built over 10 years and then deteriorated so you could take an Xbox and a television and stuff like that. Was so he selling I, him? Yeah. Oh, he was pawning him. Yeah. He got into drugs. It was, it was a whole sad ordeal. Mm-hmm. That's always um, sad. So I, co- I come home from work on a quick break. It's like 11 a.m. And I have, a, I have a bunch of TVs to watch sports on. Yeah, you do. And, uh, and one of the TVs is just gone. And so I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. I just walked through the front door and looked and go, huh? So I text my buddy who I'm living with. I'm like, did you take my TV to work or something? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So then I, you know, I call down the police station. I didn't call 911 because I was like, it's not an emergency. So I yeah. don't really know how to go around. So I actually learned stuff about how to, how to interact with the police. I'm like, yeah, I think somebody stole my TV. I don't really know. Like, I know you're probably not gonna be able to catch it. I just want to like alert you because things keep getting stolen. Yeah. And so like an hour later, a policeman comes out and it's kind of funny because he's like, I tell him the story. He's like, yeah, I mean- we can keep our eyes peeled. It was essentially one of those things where like someone comes to you with a problem and you're like, in nice language, you're like, I can't do shit about it, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. You know, just whatever happens, happens. And so long story short, we found out way after the fact that, you know, it was one of somebody we knew and I never got the TV back. So I'm all sorry. stories don't have a happy ending. We had, we had a break in and they took quite a bit of stuff and the it was pretty much the same thing from the police they were like well sorry i do it made me think about being in the police's shoes in this specific incident and i was like i actually feel bad for police officers who come to something that even the person who is like who is calling the police they have to know in the back of their brain that it's like there's a 99.999 chance you'll never know what goes on and instead the police officer is there and is like okay let me take a few pictures and yeah Maybe we'll get this old Samsung back, Chris. And I'm yeah. like, I shouldn't have called you. This was dumb. I'm sorry. A waste of time. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, last story of the day. We are staying in Orem. I actually didn't realize this was all Yorm, Orem-based. Orem is like a crime hotbed. Meg, if you want to start searching for real estate in Orem, I'm willing to help because I think this is the place to be in Utah right now. Sounds like it. UCCU Ballpark. The crown jewel of Orem, if you will. Wait, where is that? That's Utah Valley University, the crown university of Utah, as it's known. All right. Yeah. All right. Go on. They, they build a ballpark there. It's, it's actually quite new. I didn't know uh, there was a ballpark. Oh, shame on you. Shame on you and your Salt Lake City snobbery. Okay. There's a lot of stuff going on in Orem. Uh, most of all, UCC ballpark has been built and has not yet hosted. They have a new playing surface, so they haven't yet hosted a game on it. And everybody's way excited about it. Right. Unfortunately, a couple of juveniles, mm. as juveniles are known to do, they break into the ballpark, break into some shed, find an ATV, somehow obtain keys to this ATV, and go to town on this new ballpark field. So they're just squealing donuts, ripping stuff up. 
apparently they were going so fast for so long that it generates a bunch of heat on the ATV tires and the, the heat from these tires, it would melt. There's a bunch of plastic elements within this like new field. And so it melted all of these elements and like caused a ton of damage, like a hundred thousand dollars in damage. So UV okay. spokesman, his name's Scott. He says, this is quote to the news, KSL. They did a lot of damage. It wasn't like they walked in and in five minutes they were gone. They spent some time there. Meg, they set up shop, okay? Any greater threat to society than a group of teen boys? <laughs> I don't think there is. As a parent, <laughs> in like teen insurance, like an insurance policy that I can take out and anytime my teen does something like completely idiotic, I can like use insurance to pay for it. Because if this podcast has taught me anything, it's that teen boys will inevitably do something completely idiotic by the time in between like 12 to 25. It's very strange to look. First of all, to hear these stories are, are funny, but it's very strange to look back on and be like, yeah, I had the same decision-making powers that all, that all of these like young teens had. Me and my friends, we would all do just stuff like this. You would be bored. You'd be sitting around and you wouldn't go, what do you guys want to do? Should we go and play some basketball or this like that? You would talk about what you should do and it would all involve like legitimate crimes. And it was just normal behavior. You'd be like, what should we do? Should we go and blow up everybody's mailboxes and like yeah, we haven't done that in a while. Let's go and do that. And so we go and we get explosives and we go and do that. Things like that. You know, these kids are sitting around. They're like, we don't got anything to do on a Tuesday. What should we do? Let's just go and break into a ballpark and get an ATV and drive it around until the field like burns down. These are the things you think of when you're 16. I just, why? And now we're trying to get on their cases about poaching. It just doesn't add up. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't. Don't give them an idea about poaching, really. Like, they're going to see that plaque and they're going to be like, oh, you know what's a good idea? Let's go poaching. Meg, I, I know you already had two kids before your third. <laughs> that's the greatest statement I've that's, ever made. That's good you, math. Meg, so you had two kids before you had your third kid. I don't know if, if everybody's aware of this. I just want to spell it out, you know? <laughs> um, and so with the two kids, your first two are girls. And so obviously there's a million things that go into that. It's a crazy thing. Your third is a boy. And so now you're staring down the shoot of in 14-ish years. Yeah. You're, you're going to have the ATV joyriding, the mailbox blowing up, all of these moronic decisions on your plate, perf on your plate specifically. I know. You need to start game planning, okay? I need to put plaques all around my house <laughs> informing have. him that I'm watching him. Poaching is illegal. I love that you have 20 you have 22 taxidermy mounts all from poached animals and there are just plaques everywhere with large large letters do not poach your mother is watching you exactly no he's gonna be good I can I've, I've got a game plan Meg I hate to be the bearer of bad news he's not going to be good okay it's just where on that spectrum he's going to be <laughs> if he keeps the nasty misdemeanors and better You've come out on top. You can even go talk to my mom about it, you know? She was, yeah. I think she feels good about the state of the world now that it's 16 years past the fact. I bet your mom was so stressed when you were a teen. <laughs> my, it's funny talking to her in present day. 
my mom who's like the nicest lady and just is like always trying to help you out and do all these like nice things on behalf of people nobody just brought her more strife for a two-year window because i was just the stereotype of a 16 to 8 year old just this doofus ass goober doing who knows what not going to school all this kind of stuff and my mom every single day she's just like she'd always get these calls from spanish fork high they had an automated system where if you registered an unexcused absence this machine would spit it out and call and go your son or daughter did not attend their classes today mm, and, yeah. and so it was useful for most but my mom every single day at this specific time it'd be like three o'clock the phone would ring and she tells me now she's like I would dread every day at three o'clock. I had to pick it up and just know that you weren't at school. Chris, it's like this ring of doom, the angel of death ringing in the phone for my mom. <laughs> have you bought your mom like lavish gifts now to make up for the turmoil you put her through? Oh, I apologize to my mom all the time. And, and to my mom's credit, she's like, I knew it was a phase, but it was still way hard. I'm like, <laughs> In my defense, I have like the last 15 years, like very amicable, never fight with anybody. Me and my mom haven't butted heads since I was 18. So like I, I've been as good as I could possibly be after the fact. In the moment, not a lot of defensible behavior. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. So Meg, prepare well, to go to war with your child. <laughs> so what's going to happen? Do they have to cover the $100,000? Do we know? No, I don't think so. They're just, they, they like send them to some youth juvenile center. And I think th hopefully they'll just be like, stop doing everything you're doing. You know, hopefully be nice to your like mom. the majority of people in, in two years, you're going to be normal and you're going to go and apologize to your moms and stuff like that. Yeah. So they know who they are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They know their mothers know who they are. They probably weren't even trying to discuss. Oh, no, they weren't. That's the thing. You don't care about it. You just don't care. We never cared. It's not smart. It's not good behavior. I can't stress this enough. There's just, you don't have a brain when you're 16. You have two priorities in your brain and we didn't even retain the important ones. We retained like, let's blow things up and let's joyride on an, on school fields. You know, those were the two things. No poaching. No, no poaching is the front center of the brain. <laughs> well, it looks like the good news is they're not even using the field anyway because COVID. Yeah, I, small silver lining. I like how you're thinking, Meg. So maybe this is a feel-good story. We finally found the feel-good moment of this podcast. Thank you, Meg. Good work. You know, happy endings are what I'm all about. <laughs> hey, yo. Chris, it's been really great. Uh, how's it? I don't know. It's been something talking to you today. Uh. Props to Orm for providing all news this week. I expect more from all the other cities. We, lear we learned a lot. We laughed. We cried. Until next time, Meg. Until next time. Uh, remember, you can catch this. You know, I'd like to tell you we have like a regular schedule, but it's usually Monday or Tuesday. Roughly, roughly 9.30. Yep. <laughs> uh, of course, you can listen to this as a podcast on our feed, and we will see you next week. Don't poach. Don't poach.